unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul unto thee, O Lord? Do I lift up my soul? It's time for us to get started tonight. Any more of the kids coming in? Feel free to come on down. I like it better when we sit a little closer to the front down here. You know, the pews are a little more full. Usually they are, but this is all right. Huh? I know. That's fine. That's fine. All right, if you are here tonight and you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, if you'll go back to the little chapel at this time, somebody will take care of you.
right, before we uh, go to class tonight and have our song, uh, got just a few announcements that we want to emphasize. First of all, please remember Operation Christmas Joy. We're collecting stuff, toys, and school supplies. And so if you can help with that in any way, please bring those items and put in the blue barrel in the foyer or C.D. Worley. Listen to this very carefully. All Boonville band members. Raise your hand if you're a Boonville band member and you're here tonight. Okay. There's quite a few. Well, there is a few anyway. All Boonville band members are asked to meet on the balcony stairs tonight following class for a group picture. You know, where, if, I guess you can wear what you got on now, but uh, elders and ministers, please meet with them to have your picture taken with them. So please keep that in mind tonight. Also, the Golden Circle will be going to Amish country this coming Friday. The bus is going to leave at 8 o'clock. We'll be going on a guided tour, and then we'll also be going to eat lunch together uh, at about 1230, and then we'll be returning home. If you haven't signed the list to go on that trip, we'd love to have you. Please do so. Also remember, Brother Wayne Barry is going to be with us next Sunday evening uh, to present his mission report. Uh, next Sunday night, we will not have kids seen. So I lined up a song leader for next Sunday, but we'll just have to postpone it a week. So kids sing won't meet. All adult classes, you're going to be meeting here in the auditorium. All the kids classes will meet as normal. That's all the announcements that I have tonight. Will you please bow with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful and thankful for all you do for us. Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to come here together as your people to study your word tonight. May we listen with open hearts and minds and learn some things and apply these things to our lives. Father, there are numerous people that we know that are sick, that are having physical setbacks. We pray that you would be with each one of them. And Father, for those who are grieving over the loss of loved ones, we pray that uh, they will be comforted and strengthened during the difficult time they're dealing with. Father, we ask your blessings upon this church. We're so thankful for what this church continues to mean in this community. We pray for our elders and deacons, and we pray for uh, the decisions that are made, and we pray that this church will continue to be pleasing to you in all things. Father, bless us as we go to our Bible classes, and most of all, Father, we're thankful for your Son who gave his life on the cross for our sins, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. James, come on.
Okay, I need a couple of volunteers to hand out some more materials. This is going to cover the book of Proverbs. Looky here. Same team. <laughs> okay, yeah, make sure you get, get just, no. See, they're stacked. Just pull, <clears throat> pull those off. Okay. Well, I'll try to give you... Here we go. Yeah, you see how I've got them separated? <clears throat> give out a packet each. Okay, handing out basically same kind of information as I've given for the other books. I'll go over that in a little bit. And also, I will tell you that I have some Job material still and some Psalms material. If you did not get the original batch and maybe you were sick or out of town or whatever, if you'll come up here after class, I'll be glad to give you a set. First come, first served. I didn't make 50 of them, so if, if you come up and they're gone, peace. And then I'll just write name down and try to get you a copy. Maybe next week or two weeks. Because next week, Wayne Berry is going to come and give us a presentation about mission work. He was here a year ago. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, does it? Okay. We're going to go over our sick folks. And if you have some updates you'd like to share, I'll jot that down and... Also, at the end, if you have somebody that you would like on this list, I'll put them there, and I can guarantee you they're going to be prayed over quite a lot. Okay. Irene Baker, Melissa Hester's, or Melinda Hester's mother, she has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is undergoing treatments for cancer. He takes them bi-weekly, basically. He's doing, been doing well. Wade Davis is still missing. Uh, Sue had a pretty bad week last week. 
just reminiscing, but uh, let's keep praying over the Davis family. Bobby Petty and Paul Rollison are friends of Joe Garrett's. They have cancer. Lex Crossan and Regina Crossan both have health problems. Did everybody get a packet? Okay, okay, here's some. Here are a few. All right. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments. Marty and uh, Donna Woodruff both have cancer. Ann Langford is a friend of Lisa's. She has several health issues they're looking into. Emma Hutton has cancer. Paula Nichols uh, received news she can't have surgery. She has pancreatic cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Linda, are you finished? Okay. Got more tests to do? Okay. Well, I'll just leave it like it is. Because <laughs> I can't keep up with it all. But you're nearly finished. Still jumping through some hoops. But we hope that's going to be the end of it. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Dave and Lynette are both dealing with some issues. Pray that Lynette gets a good job. Larry Muse is also a friend of Joe's. He has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer and Micah McBrayer are young people that have cancer. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Sybil Tolleson has Alzheimer's. That's the Liggins neighbor. Jeremy Owens is recovering. Rita, Rita said today that uh, he's been taking some treatments. Uh, they're going to make an assessment, I think, this very week about how effective that's been, kind of judge where he is on his recovery. Loxley Eaton's taking treatments for cancer. Joanne Roberts uh, has neuropathy in her hands and feet. Ben is recovering from pneumonia. That was the diagnosis. Eddie Kraft has cancer. Trevor Brown's Brother Michael's undergoing rehab. Jayla Ross is at Shepherd's Clinic in Atlanta. Susan Woods been diagnosed with breast cancer. Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Sammy Barnett undergoing tests. Monique Brown's a friend of Missy's. She has breast cancer. Christy Nash has a debilitating disease. How's Norma? She's doing better? Okay, now you see Joan sitting right here like, okay, not a big deal, but Joan broke her foot two places. So, pardon? Stay out of those places, yeah. That's, that's a good call. He's, I see he's just out of reach. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> okay. Well... Bless your heart, you've been through a lot. Both of you have. Seems like just back and forth. But that, There you go. Turnabout's fair play. But we hope you do well. I noticed it's not in a cast. Okay. All right. So she's got a follow-up visit with a doctor, kind of plan out what to do about her foot. Uh, Joey Jameson is recovering, and... From all I hear, seems to be on the right track. Rhonda Lansdale is another friend of Missy's that has breast cancer. Uh, Lisa Griffin's mother 
She is recovering from surgery. Kathy Owens has been real sick. She's recovering. Remember the Dennis Brown family? He had a lung transplant, then they discovered a hole in his heart, had to have additional surgery. That put him in a very risky category. So he's having to stay in an adjacent facility there at Vanderbilt probably through Christmas. Uh, remember the Brumleys in uh, their new birth? And just got a lot of that happening around here. It was good to see the Galloways with their baby today. Uh, Reba Hughes is recovering with a broken arm. Terry Ross needs a liver transplant. And Sean Crum needs liver and kidney transplant. These are both relatives of Sue's. Junior Wilson has pancreatic cancer. Allie Johnson's undergoing chemo. Jonathan Bishop has been diagnosed with extensive cancer. Uh, Billy Deaton's home and recovering. But I think he's still got some treatments to go once he gets on his feet good. Gary Ryan has cancer with a six-month prognosis. How's Flora? Mom's had a rough week. Still not. Is she eating? Okay. Uh, um, Gabe George has moved to Cleveland. He got results back for the, you know, they did the scan and found the mass they were concerned about. But that has come back benign. They've determined that it's not a problem, uh, at least long term. So uh, he's making his adjustments there at his new living circumstances. Uh, Joyce Morgan, she's sitting back there like no, not a big deal, but she has shin splints in both legs. Oh, just one. It's down to one. Okay, good. Well, that's very painful if you've ever had them, so... Uh, we'll remember Joyce in our prayers. And then Pat Hall, some of you may know, has cancer that has spread. Anyone else? Okay, what Sue hate is it Hayden? Hayden, yeah. Yeah. Hayden. All right. Was there a hand up over here somewhere? Yes. All right. Yes. Mike Johnson. 
Well, I'm sorry to that. All right, let's have our prayer for these folks, and then we'll begin our class. Thank you for being here. Father, thank you for a really pretty day today. Thank you for our service this morning. Thank you for the time we could show our concern about abortion issue out here publicly today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to go to the nursing home and uh, provide a service there. So many things happen around here and just pray, Lord, you'll use us and plug us in a lot of different places. We thank you for this group of people love each other so much. We're privileged to be a part of your family. And we pray that we'll just grow, not just in number, but in our closeness and our relationships to one another. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with these people who are sick, and we pray for their recovery, if it's your will, or certainly for their comfort and their circumstances. Please bless Irene Baker, that she'll have good days with her family. We pray your mercy on her as she endures a lot of pain right now. Bless Austin Wentz as he undergoes his treatments. We pray for the Davis family and Wade's disappearance. Be with Bobby Petty and Paul Rollison as they have treatment for cancer. We pray for the Crossons and their health problems. Bless Marty Woodruff and Donna, his wife, as they both have cancer. Pray for Eli Johnson and his treatments, that they're effective. Be with Ann Langford and her doctors, that they can discover what her issues are and treat them. Pray for Emma Hutton, who has cancer, Paula Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, all who have cancer. Pray your blessings on Linda as she receives these infusions. We pray that they will contribute along with these other treatments to promote her health, and we pray that she'll get stronger as a result of all this. Bless Barbara Foster has cancer. Be with the Woodrows as they try to work through some issues that they have. Bless Larry Muse, who's very sick with cancer. Pray for Lennox and Micah and their families as they seek treatments for cancer. Be with Sybil Tollison, who has Alzheimer's, and we pray for caregivers. We pray for Jeremy Owens and his test this week. We pray that he'll learn that he's benefiting from his treatment. We pray for Loxley Eaton, who has cancer. Joanne Roberts, who has neuropathy. Bless Ben, that his health will return to him. We pray both of them will be back with us soon. Pray for Eddie Kraft, who's uh, taking treatment for cancer. Bless Treva Brown's brother Michael in his rehab. Pray for Jayla Ross, who's going through treatment at Shepherd's Clinic. We pray that she will come out of there with no deficits. We pray for Susan Wood, who has cancer. Bless Johnny Derrick, who has cancer. Sammy Barnett undergoing tests. We pray for Monique Brown who has breast cancer. Christy Nash who's very sick. We're thankful that Norma's doing some better but we pray that her strength will return to her. We pray for Joan as she broke her foot and we pray that's going to heal well and be with the doctors as they are evaluating that this week. We pray that it's going to get on the right track and she'll be walking again real soon. 
be with Joey Jameson in his recovery. Bless Rhonda Lansdale, who has breast cancer. Pray for Lisa Griffin's mother in her recovery. Bless Kathy Owens as she's been so sick. Be with Dennis Brown and his family as he has an extended stay at Vanderbilt. Pray for the Brumleys, and we look forward to seeing them here again soon. Bless Reba Hughes that her arm will heal right and her other injuries. Be with Terry Ross, who needs a liver transplant, and Sean Crum, who needs a liver and kidney transplant. Pray for Junior Wilson, who has pancreatic cancer, Allie Johnson, who is undergoing chemo, Jonathan Bishop, who has cancer. Bless Billy Deaton as he recovers, and we pray this next series of treatments will help to get his health back on track. Pray for Gary Ryan, who has cancer and a bad prognosis. Pray for Flora Warner and her adjustments, and be with Rick as he offers support to her. We pray your blessings on Gabe George that he will settle into his new living circumstances and just not have any repercussions from that. We pray for Joyce Morgan as she's suffering with shin splints, and we pray that's a, a temporary thing. She'll be fine soon. Be with Pat Hall who has cancer that has spread. We pray for Judy Rosas as her father's died. We pray your blessings on their family as they uh, no doubt travel to the funeral. We pray for Hayden as he's having some problems with his foot. We pray the examination he has this week is going to uncover exactly what the problem is and get him better. Pray for Derek Timms, who fell and broke his back. It's a devastating injury for someone young like that. We just pray that it's not as bad as it sounds and that he can get the treatment that he needs to promote his healing. We also pray for Mike Johnson, who has cancer and about to undergo surgery. We pray, Lord, that this surgery is going to be effective in removing the cancer from his body, and if he has subsequent treatments, we pray that they are of great benefit too. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on us that we have the strength, the health, the wherewithal to be able to come here and participate in this time of fellowship and Bible study and pray that we'll benefit from that. And Lord, as always, I'm just asking that as we give due diligence to our reading and our study, that you will make us wise as you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this handout here tonight, oh, it's much shorter than the Psalms one. That was, that was a big one, but there's a lot of material in it that I hope you'll find useful. And you'll remember Kind of the key to all of these, there, there are basically a couple of sections to each one of them. The Psalms and actually Proverbs 2 is going to have some additional information that I think is going to be useful to you simply because of the way these books break down. They're not like a lot of the others that have a theme or progress through them that's easy to follow. These have a lot of jumbled, seems like jumbled information in them. So... You have that information with the Psalms. My suggestion was if you ever have topics or themes that are of interest to you or something personal, you want to see what the Bible has to say about fear. I don't know. It's a good example, but you can go to that indexing in the back. 
find what psalms or what even a verse out of a psalm has to say about that subject, then don't go directly to the verse. Go to the synopsis portion of that document. Kind of read what the psalm is about. Get a general overview. That will help you to put the statement that you're about to read into context. And, and I find that to be way more helpful than just pulling the text out and reading it. When you see the whole picture, it just, it just makes, I think, a greater application to us. Same thing basically is true with the Proverbs. Again, you've got a book that's not, not necessarily in any particular order, except for the first two leading books, right? Those first two books from uh, Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 9, remember, that was all Solomon, and he's addressing his son. And as a result of that, he's given great advice. That's pretty easy to follow. When you pick up chapter 10, it's the second of those books. That goes through chapter 22, verse 16, you'll remember. Again, that's, that's pretty thematic, and I've outlined that for you chapter by chapter. When you get toward the end, though, there are a bunch of jumbled up Proverbs those are going to be helpful, of course, but they don't necessarily follow a theme. They're just kind of rapid-fire wise things that have been written down. We mused about that. Well, obviously, the reason that those are like that is because God has determined for us those wise sayings that are of the most benefit to us and are universal in nature. We saw that Solomon, for instance, wrote... 3,000 Proverbs. Well, we don't have 3,000 of his Proverbs, but we have the ones that God determined are going to be the most useful to the greatest amount of people. I would say the timeless ones, because these are the ones that have come all the way down here to us. Now, as a feature with this one, I do like I did with the Psalms. I've indexed it for you. So there are some topical indexes here. You want to find out about comfort? There are a bunch of Proverbs that deal with that. But again, what I would suggest you do is find, that, find out where that text is, in particular what chapter it's in, read the overview of the chapter, get a contextual view of what's happening, an overview, and then dive into that text. It might even help you, as you're looking at that, to get an idea of what grouping of scriptures go together. Sometimes there are statements that are found within kind of a cell. Um, some people call that a pericope. You can write that down if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's a pericope is just a, a short grouping of verses. And when you look at those, it's not running all the way through that whole chapter. It's probably just that unit, that pericope of Scripture. When you look at that, get a full picture. Uh, you'll see as you're reading through it, and some of you I know have already read through the book of Proverbs, but you'll have like, he'll say something like, uh, these five things God hates, yes, six are an abomination, something like that. Well, he doesn't mean that, the, the, that only five of them are important. He's leaving out the other. Actually, it's, it's a pattern. He lists five that ought to shock you with an emphasis on the last one. That's the one that really takes the cake. It'll take a little practice going through some of that and getting a feel for how to examine it. But as you're doing that, what's happening to you? You're becoming 
W-I-S-E, wise. You're going to be so wise. Okay, just for fun, how many of you have already sailed through the book of Job? You got that under your belt? Great. Uh, how many of you have gone through the long process reading all 150 of the Psalms? Great. That's going to be terrific. Have you already gone through Proverbs? Had a couple of weeks? Great. Some of you have done that. You are on task to be like the wisest people we've ever seen in this church, and we are just so excited. Um, some of those seats, we're going to get more seats there in the back. That's where all our wise men sit, or at least that's what I've come up with. Okay, so I want to, want to follow up with some things that we talked about last time, and then we're going to look at some scriptures together because I love the way that the scriptures back up with regard to the situation that Solomon found himself in and gives us some insight into the man and his desire for wisdom. And to me, it's motivational because if somebody like that had an aspiration for wisdom and then in his pursuit and his humility in asking God for it, he received it, then guess what we could probably expect? God said, if you will dig in, you will get it too. Wouldn't that be amazing? Now dread this way. Yeah, we love it. One thing that impresses me about Solomon is that as a young man, it was his desire to be wise. I want to look at a couple of texts. These are going to be found in the book of 1 Kings. We're going to go to 1 Kings and chapter 3 to begin with, and we'll start at verse 5. We'll go down through about verse 12. 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? Question, what's about to happen to Solomon? He's going to be the king. So God says, ask whatever it is that I God Almighty can give to you. Question, if God were to break silence and ask you what you wanted, you don't have to answer out loud. In fact, I prefer you don't. <laughs> but what is it that you would ask? This is just for you to think about. If he broke silence and asked you what do you want, what would you say? Now, this is significant because the king is God's man. You will remember really before this, God was the king, right? You had all those judges, but God was the king. And when Samuel came along and the people wanted a king, remember Samuel thought that he's the one that had messed it up. But God said what? Nah, they had, they've rejected me. They've rejected me from being the king. So think now. You are the king of Israel, and you're in good with God, so you're walking arm in arm in this kingship business. As long as you will remain faithful to him, you're going to be good. And God says to Solomon, you ask me, what is it that you want? Solomon said, you've shown great mercy to my servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, in uprightness of heart with you. Stop. Was David perfect? No, he was not perfect. But was he faithful? He was absolutely faithful. Even with all that baggage, 
Solomon says, well, when we think about his career, he re- despite those things, in fact, he doesn't say even despite that, does he? The assessment is he was a good man. He was an upright and righteous man. So you've continued this great kindness for him. You, you've given him a son to sit on this throne as it is this day. Now, O oh Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. Is that, is that not the most beautiful expression of humility that you've ever heard? I know that you've made me king and I should be like my head should be swelling right now. But I'll just admit to you, Lord, I'm just like a little child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. I just love that. We ought to have a sermon about that. I just love that statement. Your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Stop. Who did Solomon think these people were? His, his subjects? These are yours, and I feel the weight, the responsibility. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge, listen now, this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had said this thing. Then God said to him, because... You've asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I've done according to your words. See, I've given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. What do you think about Solomon? Man. And he was that. I mean, that's how we, that's how I think of him. Just the wise man. But why did he have this wisdom? He humbled himself. And Lord, if you were to do this for me, I'm going, I'm not doing it so I can be admired by the world. Now, would he be admired by the world? Yeah, he would. And God says, because you didn't ask it, I'm going to give it to you anyway. But that's not Solomon's motivation. Solomon's humble motivation is, Lord, if, if you will give me this, I will do my very best to lead your people the way you want them led. Wow! I love it. That is the mindset of the young... This is not Solomon who's been at it a while, made a bunch of mistakes, and now he's saying, boy, I sure messed that up. I wish I were a wise king. Lord, would you make me wise? No. As he starts off, he's not like his son is going to be. Remember Rehoboam? Rehoboam, who's going to come after Solomon, is not the wise king. Solomon says, now, when you come into office, don't you mess with these people and their taxes and so forth. They're already... And he listened to his friends and upped the taxes and the oppression of the people, and he was out pretty quick. (laughs) Not Solomon. Solomon's thinking about how can I lead these people and please God in the process. The next thing I want us to look at is in chapter 14, 1 Kings 4, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 4, 
And then we're going to start at verse 29. 1 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 29. We'll go down through verse 34. God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Stop right there. How was his heart before he started this? He, he, he already sounded like David, yeah? He says, Let, you know, you have blessed me and put me in this position, but boy, you were so good to my father because of the kind of heart he had. Have you ever noticed this before? Solomon's wisdom becomes so great and his understanding becomes that, that his heart becomes enormous. What's going to happen to you if you pursue wisdom? How it is that you're supposed to treat people, you put it into practice and you study this thing out and you really get a grasp of what God's expectation is of you in the dealings with other people. How is that going to transform you? You'll just become a great Bible scholar? Well, you probably will, but that is not your goal. That ought not be the goal. Lord, let me be wise in this pursuit that you and I are in so that I might better what? Oops, sorry. Gr help somebody else. Let my heart grow enormous like Solomon's was. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. I think part of the reason it excelled was he wasn't just wise. I mean, some things are just wise statements. It isn't just that he was wise, but in the application of that wisdom, what did he also have? A big heart. A big heart. Um, think about how that applied. Instead of just coming up with a great solution for the determination of whose baby those two women, prostitutes, whose baby that was. Remember that story? It's the first example of his wisdom. He used not just wisdom, but he had, it was the heart of compassion for the child that motivated him to, to create a dilemma that would expose the mother. It's just, it isn't just having the knowledge, it's the application of the knowledge. So he is so wise that he excels all the wisdom of the men of the East, all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all men. Then Ethan the Ezrahite and Heman, uh, Chalcol and Dar Darda, the sons of Maal. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. His songs were 1,005. Also, he spoke of trees from the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals and birds, of creeping things and fish and men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. They came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Solomon, whose heart was enormous because he had submitted himself in humility to God. Now, in connection with this, also, uh, this is skipping ahead, but I think it's a powerful statement since this is our subject now. It's the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1. We're just going to look at verses 13 through 16. This is going to show us the mindset. Now that he's equipped with wisdom, will it change him? Well, you know, ultimately it did. 
But watch how the man starts out. Watch, watch the kind of heart that he has. I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what's lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, look, I've attained greatness, have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And, and then verse 17, I guess we'll add that. He said, I set my heart, this big heart that I have, not to be satisfied with what created it, but he says, I set that big old heart of mine to know wisdom and to know madness and to know folly. I perceived that this also is grasping for the wind. Okay, here's the thing that Solomon did. Solomon, with this big heart and this huge dose of wisdom, said, I am going to work it out for all of mankind for all time. That's what Ecclesiastes will be about. But what he did that we're going to learn not to do is that he went beyond the border of wisdom and went into what? F-O-L-L-Y. Folly. What's that? There's another word for it. Foolishness. Went from wisdom to foolishness. That's not what we want to do. We want to be wise in our understanding and our ability to apply. So that brings us back to the book of Proverbs. Ken, what was the book of Proverbs then for? Well, you get a lot of different notions about that, right? Because basically 22 of the first chapters are dealing with the wisdom that effectively a parent strives to impart to their children. Hey, here are warnings about life. A lot of people, when they come to the book of Proverbs, they say, okay, clearly this book was designed as a kind of manual for parents, not just for young people to sit down and read it and become wise, because after all, Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, uh, what did Solomon say that young people should do? Yeah, when you're young, seek after wisdom, you know. Seek after wisdom when you're young. Start early. Solomon, in the book of Proverbs, is essentially saying, you know what, the only way that your children are going to start this early is for you to do what? For you to impart that knowledge. So some people think that this is like a manual, effectively a manual, by inspiration, of God helping a parent to instill wisdom in their child. If they start young, then as they get old, they, they will be strong in wisdom. Okay, that's a good notion. Some people look at that and they say, well, wait a minute now. That can also be like a metaphor. I mean, just because he refers to somebody as a son, well, it might not be their young son. It might be just someone who is a beneficiary of their instruction, maybe like a teacher to a student. So maybe that's not the arrangement at all. Israel took it that way and used the Proverbs as not just a manual for instructing young people, but as a guide for life itself. I can just go read that and 
I become the son no matter how old I am, and I receive written instruction from the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, who was given that inspiration of wisdom by God. Okay, that could be. Some people look at that and they say, you know what, this is a tremendous evangelism tool. Wait, what? When Solomon was very quickly recognized by everybody in the world, you, you saw the list of all those uh, countries that recognized how wise it. When that happened, what did those nations start doing? Uh, example would be the Queen of Sheba. They started going to see if he really was that wise. And then they'd come away saying what? Like she did. Yeah, the half hasn't yet been told. I mean, he is like, wow, he's oh, so smart, he's so wise. Well, when, that, when they did that, then these foreigners whom Solomon would have said, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't just wake up like this. I, my God imparted this wisdom to me. So when they would go home, who would they give credit to? The God of Israel, yes? Uh, Solomon's God is what, what is made him so wise. So you say, well, okay, so this... Someone could have carried away a copy of the book of Proverbs to a foreign land, and that would be almost like an evangelism tool. Okay, peace. That could have been it too. But when I think about the Proverbs, I think about how it impacts all time, right? That's why it was inspired. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, all those texts remind us that that which was written before was for whose benefit now? It's for us. It's for us. So again, we went around this big circle to reinforce the notion that if you will give due diligence to reading these texts and meditating on them, that you will receive the benefit of Godly, inspired wisdom. I believe that to be true. Let's have us a prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you for your attention. If you need Job and Psalms, while supplies last, you can get down here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great day. Thank you for our time together. Motivate us to read these things, become wise. Thank you for the impartation of that wisdom through all these ages. We have it right here in our hands. What a blessing. Help us take advantage of that. Please bless us, Lord, as we're leaving this place. Keep us safe. Give us a good, restful night if it's your will. And if you'll give us a new day, we're looking to exercise ourselves to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.